This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Phil Delgado on here. He's a Texas insurance broker, and he's going to tell you all about how to get insurance in Texas, what to avoid with insurance in Texas, and how you can be properly insured as a real estate investor. Hey, Phil, how are you? Good, Jordan. How are you doing? Good to see you, man. I know we've talked on the phone probably 20, 30 times, you insure all my properties and you've done a great job for me. So I just wanted to have you on and share your experience with our guests today. Sure, sure, Jordan. Appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing uh, your audience with me, giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about uh, investment, uh, property insurance, um, uh, the, the different varieties, the uh, what to look for, what to watch out for. Uh, common mistakes, and so absolutely every every um, every month there's an opportunity where we have to educate an investor or uh, a realtor or a hard money lender on on some of the most basic concepts of insurance like replacement cost versus actual cash value. So uh, yeah, and that's a that's a good starting point to be honest with you because I know um, <laughs> there's there's different types types of investments. There's the um, the purchase, hold, and and lease out with uh, minimal uh, remodeling, renovation, uh, kind of like a uh, your paint, your carpet, your flooring, and then uh, get that that property income generating ASAP. So you bought it in good condition, and then of course there's the um, there's there's what what folks are misled to believe the only other option is a builder's risk uh, uh, policy or a builder's risk type risk is what we call it in the insurance industry. It's a risk. A home uh, is, is called a risk. So um, that's that's a good starting point. Um, the difference between actual cash value and replacement cost. Thanks, brother. Uh, so replacement, replacement cost means that an insurance company in, a, in the event of a loss, including a total loss, will pay you or the insured, the investor out, the value to rebuild or replace that property. Right. So that's what we want. Uh, uh, that That's what we want on on the traditional real estate transaction. And if we can get that for our investment properties, that's what we want as well. Uh, the other type of, of coverage or loss settlement, what we call it in the insurance industry is ACV or actual cash value. So imagine this. Uh, we see it a lot. Uh, we see it a lot on our roofs uh, here in Texas in central Texas. There's a lot of hail damage. It's the number one cause of claims in Texas. And uh, a lot of people don't know that while their home might be covered at replacement cost, their roof can be on an actual cash value schedule payment, which means before that insurance company pays out to replace that roof, they're going to depreciate for the age of that roof. Uh, 20-year roof, a roof with 20-year-old shingles that's 10 years old and costs 10 grand to replace, if it's covered at actual cash value, they're going to deduct 50% of the value from that roof before they pay out. And then they're going to take the deductible out of that. So that twenty thousand that that twenty thousand dollar roof, um, 
uh, is going to be depreciated by 10,000 because of the age of the roof. So that's called actual cash value. So uh, how that applies to investors. Uh, insurance agents love to sell builders risk policies. Why? Because they're easy to issue. They're fast to quote. Uh, they're affordable. Four, five, six, seven hundred dollars will insure uh, an investment property for six, nine, or twelve months. Um, now, here's the challenge: a builder's risk policy is an actual cash value policy for the existing structure. Okay, when you put money into renovating and remodeling it, the improvements are covered at replacement cost. So that's great. The challenge is a lot of investors nowadays are buying homes that they could literally turn around and resell on the retail real estate market because they're not in bad shape. Uh, but hard money lenders have partners who are selling builder's risk policies on these homes. And if the house is in good shape to begin with, then that actually, then, then you might be buying a home for 120,000 and putting $20,000 of improvements into it. Okay. Well, that original $120,000 investment on a builder's risk policy is covered at actual cash value, pennies on the dollar. This house was built in 1970. That house is now depreciated by 50 years. Uh, so, so that's the downside to using a builder's risk policy for a, a property that has significant value. It's in, it's in moderate to good shape. That property has value, but it's being covered at, at actual cash value. So you say, well, great, Phil. Um, what do you use to to protect Jordan's investments that are similar in, in nature? Well, we're going to use a vacant dwelling policy. So a vacant dwelling policy allows for vacancy and it also allows for some improvements, but it's going to cover the existing structure at replacement cost. It's going to be more expensive than a builder's risk policy, which is why insurance agents don't sell them. They're in it for easy sales, quick sales. Also, uh, I'll sell you a quick builder's risk policy, make some money, takes me 10 minutes to quote, and now I can take the wife to dinner tonight. The challenge is if that house burns to the ground a day after closing, that structure that has not been improved yet is covered at actual cash value pennies on the dollar. So we want to use um, a replacement cost policy on the majority of investments that come across my desk uh, because it covers the building at, at, at replacement cost. Now, here's the thing. Of an investor might say, well, Phil, that policy costs $1,800 a year. Remember, we're only holding that property for four months, five months, or six months. So don't look at the annual premium. You're going to get a refund for any earned premium when you sell that house and cancel that policy. Make sense? Sure. So basically what you're saying here is a lot of people borrowing money, borrowing through a hard money lender or just getting these builders policies that don't really cover so much. So if there's a, there's damage to their home while they are fixing it up to flip, let's say they're not really getting a whole lot. Whereas when you're buying a rental property, you want to get replacement cost where you can totally rebuild the property to meet those spe those specs as the property is right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that you can't, you're absolutely because you, there's no, there's no telling at what point you're going to suffer that total loss. Uh, is it going to be after you've already finished remodeling it and you put the for sale sign on there? Or again, is it a week after you close on it at the County courthouse and, uh, and, and you haven't even put a dollar of improvements into it and it, you suffer a total loss. Well, that loss is going to be paid out at actual cash value because that, that existing structure is, is ACV. 
so so definitely now here's the crazy thing is hard money lenders and even retail lenders don't understand insurance uh so your hard money lenders are recommending builders risk policies for every transaction and i don't know if it's because they have someone that gives um gift cards every policy they refer to to them or uh it's their cousin or whatever but they are hard money lenders are recommending builders risk policies they don't even know that the policies that they're demanding their investment be secured with are actual cash value policies uh i go i, I arm wrestle all the time with lenders uh not only in in in, in the retail market because now in, in austin you're buying an investment, and you know, we can talk about this in a second. We'll segue to it, but this is a, a foreshadowing. Jordan buys a home. It's a duplex, uh, 1,800 square feet. There's no way that that house is going to cost more than $200 a square feet to re, square foot to rebuild. Most likely, it'll cost about $175, $200 a square foot. 1,800 square feet. Uh, so we're going to insure it for um, uh, 180000 plus uh, 4590 135 uh, so that's uh, 315 well because the the resale market is so crazy uh, your lenders are telling buyers that their insurance policy has to cover the loan amount well due to supply and demand due uh, to um, uh, the value of land which insurance doesn't cover people are being forced to buy too much insurance for these properties so we're constantly educating lenders on the difference between market value and replacement costs. A market value is based on supply and demand. It includes the land. Replacement cost is only concerned with the cost to rebuild this structure, bricks, boards, mortar, et cetera. That's fine. We do that battle all the time. But now we're having to educate uh, lenders, hard money lenders, on the difference between builder's risk and uh, and replacement cost policies. And they will literally prefer a builder's risk policy over replacement cost over replacement cost policy because that little form that they send out to the investor that has all the stipulations of the policy six months loss of rents uh, vacancy clause it literally says builder's risk policy on there so it's important that we educate investors so they can stand up for themselves because here's what's going to happen they're going to have to pay that loan out that hard money loan they're going to have to pay that back regardless of how much money the insurance company pays out for that depreciated property that lender's not going to not going to step up to the plate, admit their mistake, and fill in the void when that insurance company doesn't pay out loan amount. They're not going to do it. So that's why we're educating uh, investors and buyers so they can stand up for themselves and buy the proper policy. I like a couple of things you said. So for one thing, when you're doing rehab, I think your property's at a higher risk than if it's just normally operating. So rental property, let's say I buy a rental property, I have people go into rehab the rental property. If a fire or anything like that is going to happen, it's, it's a higher risk it's going to happen during that time. So if it gets burnt down during that time, I don't have replacement cost value. If I have a builder's risk policy, I'm in trouble. But, you know, like you said, too, with, let's say I buy a duplex for 500000 in Austin, that doesn't mean I need to insure it for $500,000. It's not going to cost 500000 to replace it. You know, you you mentioned this, but let's just say, for instance, the land's worth two hundred grand. You know, exactly. your 
you need to ensure the duplex what it costs to rebuild. So I think you you threw out a number, maybe 320. Let's say it costs mm-hmm. 320 to rebuild it. I still have the land. You can't burn land away. So no matter right. what happens, the land is there. I need to be able to rebuild the structure to the specs it was rebuilt before. So I really like that too. I don't think a lot of people think about that as say, oh, I just bought this for 500,000. They're saying I'm only insured for 320,000. And with a little education, it's easy to understand that you're only insured for the amount the structure costs to rebuild. You don't have to do anything about the land and people are easy to forget that. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community, and now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Right. And here's the kicker, right? Uh, The kicker is this. It's not a lottery ticket you're buying. So when your property burns down, the insurance company is not just going to cut a check for 500 grand. Look at, let's go back to the roof situation. Nowadays, in the old days, people used to be able to get uh, a $15,000 check to replace their roof and then decide whether they would really want to replace it or not. That doesn't happen anymore. What happens today, and this is the way it would happen with a, a, a total loss on an investment property. Uh, the insurance company, let's go back to the roof. Okay, fine. Roof costs uh, $15,000 to replace. What's going to happen is this. The insurance company is going uh, to cut a check to the homeowner for $7,500. That's recoverable. That, that's, that's, uh, that's depreciated value of that roof. And then the homeowner is going to have to replace the roof and then send a, a completed invoice, paid invoice, or a completed work order to the insurance company to get the other half of that money delivered, right? Um, so let's just say a roof costs 15 grand to replace, but someone, let's say there was such a thing as roof coverage on a homeowner's policy and they bought $30,000 worth of roof coverage and then they needed a roof replacement. The insurance company is not going to cut them a check for $30,000. They're going to cut them a check for the 7,500 after completion. They're going to release the final $7,500 of recoverable depreciation. So going back to this investment property that the mortgage company or the hard money lender is forcing you to buy $500,000 worth of insurance for. So you're paying for an extra $180,000 of premium. That house burns down. The insurance company is going to pay to rebuild that house. And they're going to match the, the work orders and contractor invoices. And when it doesn't add up to 500 grand, you're going to be like, well, where's my 500 grand? They're going to be like, sir, we, we already restored you to where you were before the loss. That's what insurance is for. You cannot profit or benefit from insurance. They're only going to restore you. So if that property doesn't cost over 320 to rebuild, don't pay more for insurance because you're wasting your money. You're not going to get that extra $180,000. It's not the lottery. Sure. And I think that's a great point too. A lot of people, it's easy to think, oh, it's insured for this. I'm going to get this. <laughs> yeah. It's not an insurance company's job to just give you as much as they can. They want to spend as little as they can. And it's important to remember that anytime you deal with them, they're going to do whatever they can to spend as little as possible. So absolutely, I think that you make a great point there with insurance. And if you're an investor listening, you know, talk to somebody like Phil, figure out how much insurance you actually need. Don't talk to your lender. Your lender's not an insurance broker. They don't understand this. You know, Phil wants to take care of you. He wants to make sure you're, you're taken care of at the most affordable rate 
you can get. So, you know, that being said, Phil, you know, you, you've already talked about a few things that it's easy to overlook and mistakes can be made, but what are some of the biggest mistakes you see investors make outside of getting the wrong policy and over-insuring their property? Uh, great question. Um, so investors, um, you know, the, the biggest thing an investor can do wrong is to not be honest with their insurance agent, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if that property is going to be vacant for three months, let your insurance agent know. So that way they write you a policy that allows for vacancy. Most traditional landlord tenant occupied policies only allow for 30 or 60 days of vacancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, most, mostly it's, it's 30 days. Um, you know, one, one second, but, okay. Um, mostly it's 30 days. So what happens is, uh, now, why would they do that? Because a vacant dwelling policy is a bit more expensive. So they're trying to they're going to try and save a few bucks, go with the traditional tenant-occupied policy. 60, 62 days in, uh, the house has been vacant. They suffer a loss. The insurance company sends an adjuster out there, um, asks questions about the neighbors, uh, sees that it's been listed on, in, on, on the market. And now that contract, it's, it is an ineligible risk and you might not get paid out. So um, be, not being honest with your insurance agent. You got to find an insurance agent that you can be honest with uh, and that has tools and resources to help you in whatever actual use you're going to use for your property. Um, uh, another mistake, uh, uh, you know, uh, not anticipating the actual and proper length of reconstruction or remodeling, right? A builder's risk policy, if that's the proper policy, is a, is a, a six-month it's called a one-shot policy for six months, nine months, or 12 months. Well, the longer the term, the more expensive the policy. So someone says, ah, I just want the six-month, but then the rehab takes longer than six months. Well, these builders' risk policies aren't automatically renewable or extendable. So then they're going to be in a situation where they have to find another policy that could be more expensive, uh, or they could go without coverage. So that's that's another uh, mistake that I see is not being realistic about the time it's going to take to complete the, the remodel, rehab, or resale of the property. Um, going without um, proper coverage, right? Uh, yeah, replacement costs and actual cash value, we talked about that. But what about water coverages, right? Uh, how old is this home? What type of plumbing uh, improvements have been done or haven't been done? Um, you know, cause not all investors are going to turn around and flip and they're not all vacant. I mean, we do some business together where you already have a uh, rental income and you're buying a property and you might, um, house hack on one side and rent out the other side. So it's, it's, it's not vacant. Um, you still need a good insurance policy, just like a homeowner would need water coverage for a sudden and accidental discharge of water, water backup, meaning backup of sewers and drains, a plumbing system backs up your commodes back up, uh, water foundation, which covers the, the cost to access the pipes that are in your foundation if they should leak, uh, water seepage, right? A slow leak that you're not gonna notice for three, four or five weeks. And if you have a tenant in there, then I don't give a damn about any water leak. They're busy and it's not their house. So these are water coverages that, that most insurance companies don't offer on a landlord policy or a tenant occupied policy. But uh, as a broker, um, I do have resources to offer those types of coverage. So, uh, and, and when you work with a broker, you're going to get those coverages for an affordable price. So 
so the, a, a good answer is people who are just looking for the cheapest policy are just asking for trouble. You don't have to sacrifice coverage to get an affordable insurance policy. Uh, so that's a big mistake that I see people make. Uh, so not being honest with your insurance agent, um, you know, trying to skimp on the coverage when an extra 10 bucks a month might, might save you thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, pass that cost on to the to the renter right now. With this housing market, there's no reason that you can't pass ins- quality insurance costs on to your to your to your tenant. Uh, there's just absolutely absolutely no reason. Um, oh, yeah. to, to do that. Yeah. And with uh, yeah. you know, I don't know with with all my tenants too. I require they at least have renters insurance to cover their belongings in the home. So I don't want to even talk about that. I say, hey, you need to get renters insurance. It needs to cover up to X amount. I want to say we say a hundred thousand in renter's insurance. And that just mitigates our risk even more. Yeah. So here's what Jordan's talking about. Uh, We're talking about number one, absolutely. You want to tell them to get renter's insurance for their contents, but also that hundred thousand dollars is referring to the liability coverage, right? Someone slips and falls at that house. They're going to turn around and uh, an attorney is going to going to number one, sue the person who is the uh, occupier of that home, the um, whose primary residence it is. If someone's renting, that's their primary residence. So a lender, a, a real a lawyer is going to attack that person who's maintaining that property. Well, they're also going to search the tax records and see who the owner of that rental home is. And now they're going to try and potentially come after the investor or property owner. So you always want your tenant to have the first line of liability that's that's going to be exhausted before a, a, a lawyer comes after you. So um, absolutely, Jordan, any investor needs to require that their tenants have renters insurance and that liability. I would encourage everyone to to. All the apartment complexes in Texas ask for $100,000 worth of liability, but believe it or not, the, the difference between $100,000 and the next level up, which is $300,000, is probably $15 a year, about $1.25 a month. So so uh, as investors, let's increase our, our liability requirements to $300,000. No one's going to complain, and it's going to give you a little bit of extra protection if you ever do get sued. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, if, you're, if your tenant does something stupid, then they they have another $200,000 worth of coverage to pay out before that, uh, that lawyer starts coming after everyone else down the chain. Okay. That's awesome advice. I had not thought of that myself. And, you know, I think uh, everybody listening, if you require renter's insurance, which you should start requiring more and then we'll all be protected. And then if something absolutely ever happens, it's not on you. And that's the most important thing. Everybody wants to mitigate risk. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Um, for sure. Uh, Let let me mention one other thing real quick, Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, As an investor, you need to have a list. When when it gets to the section of your contract or lease to talking about pets... We need to have a list of ineligible dog breeds, mm-hmm. um, you know, dogs that you just don't want in your house, you know, pit bulls and Wattweilers. Um, I know that the, 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 the challenge is oh, what, but dang, man, I need someone to pay, you know, this, this, the, my tenant is going to pay my mortgage. I need someone in there, man. There's plenty of people out there without vicious breed dogs that will rent your property. 
Uh, I hate to say don't uh, don't allow folks who own pit bulls and Wattwaters, but there's a reason why insurance companies don't cover those breeds, you know. Um, and, and so have language in your agreement that says what breeds are are not acceptable. Uh, and if and if you don't know what breeds those are, contact us uh, at at Goosehead Insurance of Phil Delgado Agency, and we'll share a list of danger of vicious breed dogs that are typically excluded on a renter's policy. So if that renter's policy doesn't cover it then they're going to come after you because that insurance company is not going to pay out that hundred or $300,000. Um, and then they're going to say, well, did you ask your tenants? Let's look at that at least. Did you, did you tell them that, that these types of dogs weren't allowed? Well, no, you didn't. So you allowed it. Now you're negligent. So that's another, another um, a layer of, of protection that you can, that you can surround yourself with. Is there any type of bulletproof vest that'll, of that'll, um, protect you against every single scenario well no but at least you can do the things to strengthen your position that don't cost you anything uh and and man let it at least you can rest knowing that you've done everything you can so that's another another thing to think about yeah that's awesome and we'll put phil's show his info in the show notes here and we'll talk about it here in just a second for anybody who wants to reach out to phil about insurance in texas area phil are you guys just in texas Yep. So uh, I write from um, the north, south, east, west. What's that? The Red River, the Rio Grande. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what what's the on the east, but uh, yeah, we write border to border. Um, now, uh, I do have partners. Uh, I'm a Goosehead Insurance agent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have I have a Goosehead franchise. Goosehead is in over 25 states in the union. So uh, if if you um, ha- your if you have investment properties outside of Texas, I have partners. Uh, outside of Texas, who uh, will write your risks outside of Texas, and 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 they're accountable to me because I refer them, you know, the business. So if they want me to keep referring them opportunities, then they have to provide the same level of care and coverage that I uh, supply my my clients here in Texas. So that's kind of a um, uh, a good way to go about it. Awesome. Uh, real quick, Phil. You know, when we wrap up here, we like to ask a couple questions. What is your favorite business or mindset book that you like to give to other people? Great question. So there's a book uh, from uh, Gary Voss. It's called uh, Never Split the Difference. Never Split. Chris Voss, I'm sorry. Chris Voss. Yeah. 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 Great book. Absolutely love Never Split the Difference. I've read it. I, I, I've read it twice. I, you know, there's not too many books that I'll read twice, but uh, it's pretty deep. And if you can mm-hmm. get, I'll be honest with you, I've had I've had interactions to to this day where I said, "Damn it, I didn't I didn't utilize the exercises, the tools, and principles in that book." You know, uh, mirroring, but yeah. it, it's it's absolutely uh, a mind shift, and uh, and it and it's absolutely amazing. So that takes you on a whole nother level. It's about negotiation and influencing people. Uh, I've incorporated it in my, in my business uh, in terms of earning trust, the section on earning trust as business, as, as real estate professionals, our number one goal should be to earn someone's trust because if we have their trust, then we, we, then we have control of the transaction and we can exercise influence. Now, if you're a person of integrity and you have resources, that's your duty to exercise influence and control the transaction. So there's absolutely nothing wrong. Some people think of it negatively in terms of influencing, uh, controlling the transaction. But if you are a person of integrity and you have resources to help the public, then it's almost your duty to to, to exercise influence and to take them, uh, lead them uh, to, towards the finish line 
in the right direction. So, yeah. So Chris, uh, Chris Voss, man, um, yeah, that's a tremendous book. Now, for people who have teams, uh, I, it's an older book that I I, I read, uh, and it's called The Servant. The Servant. So it's mm-hmm. it's about it's about uh, the difference between um, uh, power and authority. Uh, so uh, you know, a lot of people will expect people to run through a wall for them because they told them to. And the goal is to get people to want to run through a wall for you. So that there's a book called The Servant. I can't remember the author right now, but for people who who lead and, and manage and 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 are in the team environment, uh The Servant is an amazing book. That's a that's a lot easier read than 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 uh Never Split the Difference. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of The Servant, but I have not read it. And I again I can't remember who did it either. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll look that up and we'll put that in the show notes here. Um, what is the best way to get a hold of y'all, Phil? So the best way to get a hold of us um, is call our call our main number. Uh, it's 210-899-3800. That's 210-899-3800. You're gonna get my um uh my uh uh Automat- you're gonna you're gonna get a, a a call and it's gonna say you know if you're an existing client push zero if you're calling for a, a new business quote with Phil press one Jessica my wife press two but the great thing about that is it goes to my cell phone no matter where I'm at so it's a it's an it's a it's our phone system and it, and it goes of course you know to to, to my pocket so two one zero eight nine nine thirty eight hundred our email address is Phil P H I L dot Delgado D-E-L-G-A-D-O at goosehead.com. So phil.delgado at goosehead.com. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, um, Goosehead Insurance dash Phil Delgado Agency, uh, LinkedIn, Phil Delgado. Um, and and really what, what we're all about is, is serving people. So um, uh, man, we got connected uh, many years ago, Jordan. Yeah. And I think you, 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 you've kind of uh at the end i think james mosley see i I know all my business partners now we're the number six we're the number six goosehead agency in the country only because we work harder than everyone else and we serve with more uh, tenacity um but but uh, you know that's what we're really about so so anybody who's looking to partner with someone who has a genuine care and interest for for their bit for their clients their business partners um you know that's 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 what we're all about that's the type of value match that that we're looking for um, someone who, who understands that the dollars will come if you serve and, and add enough value and, uh, it's a daily battle, man. It's a, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but, uh, but we love doing it. I just finished, I'm here at, uh, an establishment here in San Antonio, real to have been in the business less than a year. Or so, uh, uh, partner with a lender to, um, to, and a panel of, 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 of top realtors here in San Antonio who um, answered uh, over 20 questions from newer agents. Uh, so this is the type of stuff we do, man. It's just, it's just about adding value. And if we help enough people, um, it's not going to be for everybody, but you know, 50% of the, of the realtors and, and lenders out there want to work with someone who actually cares about the client. It's not always about the transaction uh, and the dollar. So that's kind of, that's, that's how we separate ourselves. And, and that's what the Phil Delgado difference is all about. Yep. And that's why we use you. That's why I use you because you guys are always there to help. So I love it. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on here today, Phil. Again, anybody needs anything from Phil, the Phil Delgado agency, we'll put his contact information here in the show notes. So you guys will be able to reach out, but if you need anything, always reach out to me. I can connect you with Phil. If you can't find the show notes or you can't find any information, 
I uh, love to help people out there. Reach out to us at the Moorhead team and we'll help you find Phil. Awesome. Hook them horns. All right. Thanks, Phil. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Bye.